The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The crowds asked John the Baptist, what should we do? He said to them in reply, whoever has two cloaks should share with the person who has none, and whoever has food should do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized and they said to him, teacher, what should we do? He answered them, Stop collecting more than what is prescribed. Soldiers also asked him, and what is it that we should do? He told them, do not practice extortion. Do not falsely accuse anyone, and be satisfied with your wages. Now the people were filled with expectation, and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them all, saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Exhorting them in many other ways, he preached good news to the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. This Advent season is a season filled with hopeful expectation, a joyful expectation of our Lord Jesus Christ to come. This Gaudete Sunday, as it's called, is a Sunday filled with joy to remind us that even though we look forward to the celebration of Christ's birth, He's already been born. He's been here. At this Mass specifically, we have all the more reason to rejoice because the dear son of the parish, Adrian, is going to be receiving communion for the first time. A blessing to watch with excitement as a young child receives our Lord Jesus Christ for the first time should remind all of us about the first time we were able to receive our Lord Jesus Christ. The first time we got to embrace our Lord God and have him intimately united with us. But sometimes in the midst of talking about joy, some can think, Well, Father, I can think of a lot of reasons not to be joyful right now. I can just turn on the TV, watch the news, sickness, death, war, terrorism, everything else. It's a lot of reasons to not rejoice always. So how do we understand as Christians the fact that we are called to rejoice always while living in the midst of a world that is filled with sin and suffering? How are those two working together? How do we understand them as Christians? You see, I think one of the best ways to start to answer that is to first clarify our terms. Joy often is understood in a very shallow or superficial way. We say those are joyful who walk around with a smile on their face and maybe don't have a care in the world. It seems like either they've never experienced pain and sorrow or they act like it doesn't exist. This is not joy. That's superficial happiness. Christian joy, on the other hand, is only understood in the context of suffering. You see, my brothers and sisters, true sadness, despair, joylessness comes about when suffering is the end, when all we see is the pain and suffering in front of us, and we can't get past it, we can't look beyond it, it's just what is there. 
But the reality of our God, the reality of the gospel message, is that's not the end. You see, on that Easter Sunday, when our Lord Jesus Christ appeared to his apostles, he didn't appear to them and say, hey guys, guess what? That whole crucifixion thing, that pain and suffering, that, is, that wasn't real. It didn't really happen. Uh, I'm fine. Look at me. I'm standing right here. Now, when he appeared to them on the Resurrection Sunday, our Lord Jesus Christ appeared with glorified wounds. He didn't say, you're never going to suffer. He didn't say, I'm going to take away all your pain. He said, I lived it with you, and I'm going to show you that it can be glorified. You see, joy and suffering are not opposed. They're not opposites in the Christian message. Every single time that we come here to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, we represent on this altar the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. We celebrate the pain and suffering and agony of our God. Because it's only through that that we have been redeemed. So we find joy even in the midst of suffering as Christians. Because of the example of our God who loved us so much that he became one of us. Died, rose, ascended, and offered us salvation. You see, my brothers and sisters, it is based upon that simple fact that you are loved by God. A very cliche thing that happens is said a lot these days, but it is the firm reality of our Christian faith. We can find joy in the midst of suffering, not because the suffering disappears and goes away, because even in the midst of suffering, I know that I am loved by a loving God. Pope Benedict XVI once said that the only way to be a credible evangelist the only way to be a credible preacher of the gospel is to have suffered and kept the faith. The only way to be a credible witness to Christ and his saving message is to have suffered and kept the faith. So we rejoice always not because suffering and pain are gone or disappeared or God said he'll never ha- let it happen again, but because he's given it purpose and meaning, because he's glorified and redeemed suffering. But you might ask, Father, How do I find reason to hope now, reason to rejoice now? I think St. Paul gives us a good understanding. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your petitions known to God. You see, very often in our instant gratification culture, we make our prayer maybe once, twice, maybe a week, maybe for a month and a year at most, but after that we forget about it, we lose hope, we think God's not listening, and we just give up. But the persistent widow, in, our, in a gospel story, that parable tells us that we ought to never give up good petitions. Just because God hasn't granted it according to our timeline doesn't mean he's given up on the petition. Now, I know I'm not that old, but... I had a prayer request for about a solid 10 or 11 years every single day for the conversion of one of my dearly beloved friends. Now every single day for 10 years, I prayed for his conversion. And I knew it was possible. I knew it was going to happen. I didn't know when. I didn't know how. But I knew that God was going to be able to do it. It took 10 to 11 years, but God blew my request out of the water. He brought more than just that one soul along with that person. He showed me that if I persevere in the prayer, a loving Father will provide in ways that I never thought possible. You see, my brothers and sisters, we have to persevere in joy. We persevere in joy because, not because God has granted our desires, because we know that He loves us. That's the foundation of joy. 
So I know there's plenty of families these days as Christmas comes closer and closer, families gather and there's children and brothers and sisters and family members and friends who have left the faith. Do never, never stop praying for them. Day in, day out, pray for those who have left the faith. Because if we give up hope, if we lose faith that God can bring them back, then who is there to hope for them? Who is there to have faith with them? We must never give up. But in the midst of all of those requests and petitions that we make, whatever it is, if we come to our God and we complain like the Israelites of old, we complain like the psalmist and tell God all the things that are going wrong in our lives, we can find joy even in the midst of that suffering. If we end it with some simple statement that, but Lord, I know you hear me because I know you love me. Lord, I want you to bring this person in the church. Lord, take away this pain and suffering, this cancer, whatever it is. But Lord, I know you hear me because I know you love me. Then whether or not that answer is coming, that answer to prayer comes, we can rejoice always. Because nothing will ever change the simple reality that God loves you unconditionally. You can do nothing to separate yourself from that love. On this day, we also see that Adrian will for the first time receive that gift of the greatest love of God. God made flesh to come to us to dwell in our hearts and our souls. So let us rejoice this day and rejoice every single day because that love never changes. He comes every single time, no matter what. It's in that that we rejoice always. May we lift to our God our pain, our suffering, our questions, our fears. But may we end that all with, God, I know you hear me because you love me. My brothers and sisters, you are loved. If you believe it, you can rejoice.